And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Okay, Molly, you ready for uh, day two with Dr. Kathy? Yes. Okay, so Dr. Kathy, great to have you here again. Thanks, I'm so glad to be back. Okay, so let's get right into it. We left off yesterday, we started with security, we did security, we did identity, and then we did a little bit of um, belonging. belonging. Did we right. really get into belonging? Uh, just a little bit. Okay. It was, so, it was relevant to the story that you were telling us about Molly. Okay, so you put this together in such a way that it, 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 it builds on one another. They're interrelated. Right. Uh, let's start there. In the interrelatedness of security and identity and Sure, I'd love to. It's a problem-solving model. You know, if somebody's belonging is iffy. They, their friendships don't last. They have a hard time choosing good friends. They're not sure what's up with that. I would encourage them to go back down to their identity. Who do they think they are? If they're prideful, if their security is, I must have the last word, then they present themselves as prideful in their belonging, and the relationships won't be healthy. Whoa. Okay, right? okay. Just, okay. <laughs> Moms and dads, ladies and gentlemen, everybody that's listening, I don't know about you. I'm not a self-smart person, mm. according to your 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 um, multiple intelligences. Yeah, but I have to think things through. Once I once I hear nuggets of gold, I have to stay there and chew on it for a while. Mm. What's that mean? That you're a thinker and that you desire to please the Lord with the application of what you know to be true. I, it's like God just application. Kinda, of it's, truth. It, the only way I can describe it. This is how I feel at this moment. It's like there's a a um, pot of gold and it's been. It's been heated up, and now it's it's liquid, huh. and it's being poured out, you know? And I'm like, Mikado Fujimura, great modern painter of our day, he painted the four Gospels with modern art, and I hate modern art. Mm. When I saw his paintings, I fell in love with it immediately. I've never fallen in love with modern art before. You know, it's just got streaks of paint on, yes. on canvas. But this was different. This, this made me look at it in such a way, I'm like, th- thinking, like, there's something here that I'm not— I'm not used to, and it was so beautiful. Come to find out, not only his, is his expression of art beyond anything I've ever seen, he is a modern-day Rembrandt. Okay. He really is. And the Crossway Books, um, they hired him to, to paint the four Gospels. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it, it's in the Museum of the Bible. Oh, maybe. Okay, so, so I saw his work, blew me away. And come to find out, he actually puts genuine gold in his painting. Beautiful. And he was asked why, and he said, and I think this is his quote, um, God held nothing back when he created. I will hold nothing back when I create. Isn't that amazing? That's rich. Yeah. Mm. And so that made me think of what you just said. So you just shared, again, about belonging. So if, Molly, if if our relationship here at Lamplighter, we, we do a lot here. You know, we're constantly yeah. going. But if, if, um, if our relationship, you, Sarah, Rainey, the whole team, if it's if it's really about um, you guys complimenting me all the time, okay? I have I live on that compliment, okay? So if 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 they stop complimenting me, then what's going to happen? You'll be very insecure. You'll question mm. your identity. You'll go to a negative space in your brain, which won't help. Mm. You will not believe you can trust them for your security, because mm. why why have they become negative and why are they ignoring the wonderful things that you're doing? Your relationship and the belonging, it'll be fragile, maybe walking on eggshells for a while until somebody's honest about what's going on or the attitudes change and you go back. And I'll push them farther away, too. Yes, absolutely. And that belonging thing, you won't you won't admire, respect or feel like you need them. And they won't they might not even be thinking about they're ignoring me. They're just doing their thing. But because of my insecurity, I'm thinking that they're ignoring me or they're not giving me my due. And so I'm like, 
I've lost my complete identity. I've lost my security and my identity. Exactly. That's why they're related. And that's why good conversations is really smart, right? Like, what's going on? Let's be honest and talk. That's part of security. Can I trust you enough to ask you a question about what I've perceived? Because I need to know if it's true because I don't want to be living on false information. So good. And so belonging is, can I just interrupt to say, belonging is this horizontal thing that we're talking about here Mm -hmm. with you and your team, which I've seen function well. It's family, friends, teachers, pastors. And then, of course, there's the vertical belonging, just like God meets our need for security and identity. Mm -hmm. He meets our need for belonging. He wants us. He created us for his glory, for his good, to worship him, to praise him with all that we are and all that we have. It's about relating well to him. It's about Mm -hmm. loving him well. And when we have that and the security of his love, because we're saved, then everything is just okay. fine. What does healthy belonging look like? Excellent. Teachability. Well, just say, say that again. T- excellent question. Excellent question. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so good. You're, you're quick at the end of the long day. Um, yeah, what does is, what is healthy belonging look like? Uh, give and take. We, we teach each other. We learn from each other. We acknowledge our heirs. We, qu- we are quick to forgive. We don't carry wow, this is so resentment. Amazing. We're truth to each other. We point people in a better direction. We advocate. We encourage them to believe what is true. We help them reject the lie. Mm-hmm. We, we walk beside them. Yeah. You just defined a healthy church. Well, yes, and that should be a place where we have healthy belonging, In right? a healthy family. In a healthy family. Boy. Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah, no, it's a good You've question. Got, so, so you're not married, you don't have children, and then God has placed you in this amazing <laughs> leadership position to teach all of us what uh, what we don't understand. Yeah, God is good. Isn't that amazing? And what I can say is that I have family. I'm not married, but I have a fabulous family. There you go. Single people need to remember oh, that that's they so have cool. families. That's good. And I'm deeply loved by people because I choose to be friends with men and women, married and single, young and old. You know, some of us need to get out of our stereotypical boxes and just believe that there's anybody out there that could be a blessing to me. Who could I serve and who could serve me? Mm-hmm. I could we're, spend we're, I could spend hours and hours and hours and days and weeks just listening to you. I just You're very kind. Well, Thank and, you. no, but it's real though. I mean, it's this, you're the kind of company that you want to be around. It's kind of like mm-hmm. I don't get this to your head. Make make your head <laughs> big. But I think that's what it was like when Jesus was around. They want to just be with him all the time. Mm. And so when people become more like Christ, they just want to be with him. Yeah, mm. thank you. We, we should be attractive. Mm. I, I, I want to be a Pied Piper for the kingdom. Oh, mm. awesome. Right? Yeah. I want people to see something attractive, mm. not because my security is in that, mm. but because that's my purpose, which is the one we're getting to next. Okay, so, so wait a minute. Before we get to purpose, so let's say that all of a sudden there was this with. People, your your sphere of influence, the people, you get older and people aren't calling you to speak anymore. And, and all of a sudden your, rep, not reputation, but your, inf, your your sphere of influence starts to get less and less and less. How are you going to react to that? Oh, if I'm, if I'm unhealthy, No, badly, if, you're, if, you're health, if you're healthy. If I'm healthy, I will see it coming. I will respect my age, the platform I've developed. I will assume that there are other people doing an excellent job and I would pray that I would be you know, a, a wise enough woman to not resent and, and take that all personally. John the Baptist went through this. He must increase, I must decrease. Yes, yes. And and you know this, Dr. Hamby, we have a succession plan at the ministry. I'm not going anywhere, but I have my board of directors has strategically hired people who I'm mentoring. We have a an umbrella of speakers, an umbrella of writers who can begin to step onto the stage mm. because I, my ministry is not called Kathy Cook Incorporated. It's called uh, Celebrate Kids. And I, I want the intellectual property to continue on, and I want to mentor as many people as I can. I want the same thing here at Lamplighter, but 
ministries do rise and fall in leadership. So we've got to mm-hmm. make sure that a succession plan really we're inspiring the next generation Absolutely. of leadership to take it on and take it higher than we can we can bring it. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. my hope. Okay, you ready for this one? I can't wait for this one. So yesterday you were talking with a group of people yesterday and I over I was listening. And uh, when we got to purpose, I mean this this to me was like kids that don't have purpose, young people, young adults that don't have purpose, they're lacking the initiative, drive, they're lacking the motivation. So tell me how so we know that identity in Christ and that identity, uh, what's, is there a horizontal identity? Oh, definitely. You're giving me identity. You've told me that I'm effective. You've told me that the students here are responding well to me. Mm. You just told me that you see Christ-likeness in me. Mm, yes. Cool. This is why we must listen to the truth talkers, to the right people. Not the flatterers. No, no, no. Can you tell when someone's flattering you? Oh, definitely. It's about their attitude. It's about they want something mm. from me. Oh, flatterers always want something. Sure. Yeah. Whoa, that is so true, isn't it? Yes. What about someone who thinks they may perceive something in you that may not be true? So they're telling me something they think is true, but I know it's not. Yeah. I stand up for myself. If I've earned the right in particular, sometimes I let it go. You know, sometimes okay. if it's, you know, an event and it's someone I'm not going to interact with a lot, I'll just let that be water off the duck's back and I'll just believe that they were mistaken. And if I'm concerned that they might be right, I might say, what makes you think that you're right? There you mm-hmm. go. What attitude have I thrown? You know, what have you perceived in me or overheard? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I, if I think there's any truth there, then I go to my accountability people and the Lord and, you know, certainly work on it. Mm-hmm. But I've also taught, Molly, people of all ages, you stand up for yourself. You say, I'm, I, like, I'm not, I am not prideful or respectfully. I value humility. I am confident in what I know to be true. Mm. And I'm sorry if my boldness to proclaim the truth and to help you pr- be persuaded to my side, which mm-hmm. is the right side, and I won't apologize for that. <laughs> I apologize if that's come across as uh, sinful and haughty. prideful, yeah. but yeah. I, I, I've, I've secured my heart. Mm. And I believe that my motive was to persuade you to righteousness, not mm. to convince you that I'm bright and brilliant. That's, That's really beautiful. good. I, I, I hope so. How do you help? Can you help a person like that when they've entrenched themselves in bitterness? Yes, I believe there's always hope. You know, we pray, we seek the Lord. Obviously, those are the A plus answers, but it's true because God is faithful to you know share with us insight. I would ask if the person's open to a change of perspective. If they're not ready yet, I would probably wait. I would pray in silence. I would wait. I would look for opportunities. And I believe, Dr. Hamby, that the key to proper correction that motivates someone to want to change is providing the evidence that you're right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're not clear. Like, we don't tell them why we're dismissing. Like, when I end a friendship, I tell people why almost all Mm -hmm. the time. And it's very, I have to be really it's not easy. Mm. But there was somebody I, I was hanging out with, and she was very negative. If you asked her, how's the day? She'd say, I'm vertical. That was her way of saying, I'm not in the grave. I mean, every day she was Aww. vertical. She was so negative that, that that's all she was seeking was just another day when I could live. Mm-hmm. She criticized everybody and complained about everything. And it was not good for my spirit. And I went home and I recognized that I had carried her attitude home. And I went to work the next day and I began to see the negative things that she saw. Mm-hmm. It wasn't good for me. And we worked together. But I told her, it's a long time ago, and I, to- I told her, you know, I, I, we're working together. And I, I value you as a colleague and I love you as a friend and I'm e- eager to continue going to dinner with you. But I've made a decision that I can't on a weekly basis. It's not healthy for me to be around your negativity. 
if you want to know more, yeah. let me know. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't say that lightly. That's not easy to do, but that's helpful for her. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's protecting of me. And that's what I think God would want for us. Mm-hmm. That's good. Is that we would trust ourselves enough mm-hmm. to have a standard that we know is true. And then we recognize when the people are influencing us. You, you heard me say, Dr. Hammy, to the students that um, show me your friends and I will show you your future. Mm-hmm. That's so true. We can it? be easily influenced by the mm-hmm. people around us and the lyrics we listen to and mm-hmm. the shows we watch. And we have a responsibility to protect ourselves. Yeah, and, and protect the ministry. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's essential that good leaders speak the truth in love. You know, I, like, I was absolutely. talking to the guys last night. We went over, we, we were doing a biblical manhood last night. Oh, and um, awesome. a Philistine first quotes this. He says, act like men. So it yes. comes, comes from a Philistine, right? Oh, my goodness. And then Paul requotes this Philistine in the New Testament and says, act like men, but let all that you do be done in love. And that balance of, of manhood, of manliness, and the practice of manliness and love, that combination. Mm-hmm. I talked to the guys last night about taking initiative, taking initiative being gentlemen, taking initiative being chivalrous, cool. you know, taking, taking initiative even in places that they're unsure of, even if it leads to failure, because that will lead to success. I think that's fabulous. One other thing I should say about my friend is I had tried prior to that to help her see her negativity as unhealthy to mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. I had pointed it out. We had tried to laugh about it. I tried to start every dinner conversation with all the good things that were going oh, on. that's good. You know, I tried to be the one to influence her, and it just wasn't working. So that's important, too, that we don't just quit a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We see if we can stay in there and be a blessing. I was going to ask you about that. So you ha- you had a conversation with her about the negativity that mm-hmm. you were experiencing, and after not getting better, that's when you had the conversation, like, we need to end the friendship. Right. Okay, yeah, that's excellent. I was mm-hmm. curious about and that. We, it was pretty similar to he- what happened here as well. And, and we, we what we do here is we go for several months, at least three to, mm. three to six months, trying to work with somebody. And, and you said something yesterday I thought was awesome. You said, don't criticize, not even constructive criticism, without giving answers to what they can do to overcome the mm-hmm. situation. I like that a lot. That's the definition of correction. I, I know you use constructive criticism, and I understand that because that's historically used. I don't believe it exists. Okay. Criticism is pointing out the wrong. Without showing Without how to showing it, right? hope that they can change. Criticism is defined as pointing out the wrong. Correction is to put the wrong right. Oh, I like that. I like the word correction. So if someone's giving criticism, what would be a helpful way to say, hey, like, can you help me Yeah, understand? I love that question. Can you help me understand mm, there you go. what I could do differently? Mm. Help me understand your opinion because it's just an opinion. Mm-hmm. But what could I do differently? Well, Kathy, if you would have spoken slower, if you would have showed up 10 minutes earlier, I wouldn't have been stressed. If you would have had a handout with more white space for note taking, Mm. you know, give me something because I want to change. I want to be a blessing to the people who I work with. But I'm not a genie. I can't just imagine what they (laughs) thought. Yeah. And again, that's that's bold. But why am I able to do that? And please understand, I'm an imperfect person, but I'm able to do that, Molly, because of my security is in Mm. Jesus. Mm. And my security is not in that one person who I might offend. And then it's so my belonging is broader Mm -hmm. than that. Mm -hmm. My identity is humility and Christ likeness. Mm -hmm. My security is in more than that, certainly in Jesus first. And that's why I'm able to stand up for myself and be bold, ultimately helping the other person. That's really Mm. awesome. You know, I I think so. And and (laughs) you you learn it. Right. You you walk into this. Okay. So that leads us to purpose. Purpose is why am I alive? Why was I created for such a time as this? Why am I alive? Okay, I'm going to do it again. You ready? Uh (laughs) Do I have to pray first? (laughs) I don't think so. What's your purpose? My purpose? Well, I mean, the first thing that pops in my head when you say that is like loving Jesus and letting others know about him and the different ways. I don't know if there's a more specific answer. 
there's probably a lot of different applications of that. You do that really well. So loving Jesus, you do really well. You're in the Word. You Thank you. you confess your faults. You're you're quick to forgive. You're very quick to forgive. You're mm-hmm. very quick to reconcile when something's wrong. You hate that. You mm-hmm. hate being at odds with anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk afterwards. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, great news. Okay, so. Um, so you you love people too. Yes. You're, yeah. So you're you're extremely um, caring for other people. Mm. So okay. So interesting. Can that be her purpose? Oh, absolutely. I I, think I don't want it to be her purpose though. I want it to be more than that. You want well. <laughs> she has a, a broader purpose. Would be ministering to all of you here at Lamplighter and being an ambassador for she Christ. She does that really well. Specifically here in this place. I think our purpose is to glorify God through who we are and through what we do. Mm. Isaiah 43, 7 and a few other places. To know Jesus, make him known, mm. not just through evangelism, but through our behavior. That's our mission here. That, our... That, exactly. Why do I like being here? Mm. Oh, because wow. that I fit that. Mm. that that's Why do I write? Why do I speak? Why no? no so, knowing him intimately and making him known passionately. That's so good. Isn't it awesome? I, I need, and, and then enjoying him infinitely. Yeah, I love that. All three of your statements are just solidly so biblical. John Piper, the chief end of man is to glorify God by enjoying yeah. him forever. Yeah, it's so, it's so good. That, that changed my life, by the way, that statement. I totally, when I when I saw this, this stuff, if you will, this truth in my life, it took all the pressure off. Mm-hmm. I was a good girl. I was raised a legalist. I was pretty much a perfectionist, which is why I've written a book about how not to do that. Um, you know, and when I realized that, you know, God wants my best, doesn't want my perfection. Perfection's been done. His name is Jesus. Mm. We need purpose. What's our, you know, what's our reason? Ephesians 2.10, we're gifted in advance to do good work that we would walk in them. Mm-hmm. Each of us gifted in advance. And one of the joy of the parent is to watch the child develop mm. and discover the gifts. Mm. Chatty Kathy as a kid, mm-hmm. I'm on your podcast mm-hmm. because I wasn't raised, be quiet, be quiet. They saw the gift to be developed, not a problem to be eliminated. Mm. So whoa, whoa, the, whoa, 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 whoa. The gift to be developed, not to be eliminated. Not a problem to be eliminated. Johnny, would you stop talking? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Most of the things that drive us nuts about ourselves and our kids are strengths without mm. self-control. Wow, that's so good. And if we... If we just say, stop it, stop it, stop it, put that down, they may not develop into who God designed them to be. Mm. Now, I don't say that lightly. Parents are my heroes if they're doing it well. It takes extreme patience and humility and, oh, my goodness, energy and involvement. And without Jesus, I can't imagine how hard it would be. Oh, can I make a confession right now? Please. Oh, I remember. It was, um, what grade was this? I think it was fourth grade Sunday school class. His name was Andrew. (laughs) I remember. Andrew. Put the chair down. If you don't put that chair down, you lean back on it one more time. I'm going to tie your legs to the chair. You know? And now I'm looking back and this kid was all, he was all over the place. Body movement, right? What do they call that? Body smart. Body smart. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking like I'm going to tie him up, you know? And, oh, if I could just live my life over again, these poor kids, you know? Dr. Tammy, that's understandable. I look back to the first couple of years I taught second graders before I earned my, you know, PhD and started doing the ministry. And I always praise God for the third grade teachers who <laughs> help the children undo the, the things I might have done wrong. You know, we can, we're not responsible for what we do not know. Mm. So to anybody listening, this, this ought not be adding shame and blame. This, I, I would pray, and I know the two of you as well, that this is hope for their tomorrows mm. because change is possible if we desire to want more for our lives. Okay, so Molly's purpose, and I think it's very evident, you like to love others and love God with all your heart. That's your main goal in life. That mm-hmm. seems to become very natural to you. 
Um, how do people find their, I, we got 20 students here. Right. And some of them don't, a lot of them don't know their purpose. No, we actually talked about that in class. A lot of our younger generations are multi-able, multi-skilled, multi-passionate, mm. and multi-concerned about the evil in the world. So it's very hard for them to land on a purpose. Mm. And what makes us think that at any point in life, it was a good idea to ask an 18-year-old, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? I mean, we're That's just... That's a popular one. I know, but we're just growing up. And you know, back mm-hmm. in my age, there were limited choices, be a teacher, be a nurse. Now there's the World Wide Web, and mm. they see so much, and so it's really, really hard. I was encouraged to tell them the other day that what looks like apathy to your parents and grandparents is not apathy. Hmm. It's multi-answers, and you don't know which one today to mm-hmm. land on. They're going to hear a lecture from you tomorrow, and they'll have a whole new idea. They'll hear something from me. They'll have a whole new idea. That's mm-hmm. how it works. Okay, so take the pressure off. You don't have to know your purpose no, yet. No, you don't have to know your career yet. Your purpose, you have to know. How do you know your purpose? If you read the Bible, you know it. It's exactly <laughs> what Molly said. <laughs> love me and love others well. Know me, make him known. Wow. Uh, to decide what's the scripture. I believe the scripture teaches us to become like Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's our purpose as believers. That's it. That's it. Now, if you're married, you fulfill that purpose by loving your spouse well. Mm-hmm. You're a parent. You fulfill the purpose of making God look good by parenting with God's strength. I tell children, you glorify God first time obedience mm. and teachability. Because what's your purpose now as a child? To learn all you can and all the ways you can to the glory of God. And if you can't learn to obey your parents, you won't be able to obey God. Absolutely. So the general big, what I would call the umbrella purpose to glorify God, to become like Jesus, however we might want to word those things, that rules. And that's, see, if your identity is in Christ, then you want that purpose. Mm. If your belonging is to serve Mm. and to change the world in good and healthy ways, then you want that purpose because obviously that's going to motivate you to wake up tomorrow, learn a new skill, and go serve in the food pantry or whatever. That's belonging. Now, how does... Say See, that again belonging, belonging, who are we going to serve? Belonging, who wants me? Oh, See, whoa. belonging is before purpose because without people, we really don't need to be alive. That's cool. And, and the triune God, first and foremost, belonging, I belong to God, therefore, I want to know him and make him known, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, if I, and I belong to the church, and I have a family, and I have friends, and I have people who are dyslexic, and I have a new program that would help them, and I just made that up. Don't email me and ask me what it is. But, you know, we have these relationships. Why? Because we live on purpose for purpose with purpose. So there's no such thing as a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So even our relationships are ordained by God. And that purpose, who do I know, can bring fire to my purpose. In fact, that could be where something like career comes from or who do I Mm -hmm. serve. You know, my dad was an engineer, so I grew up playing with protractors and compasses and T-squares and graph paper and really cool pencils. Mm -hmm. And and my brother became a chemist, a world-renowned chemist, because he played with a chemistry set when he was 10. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a little toy taught him a new identity, which gave him chemistry in high school, belonging, which gave him purpose to discover truth. And he's been mm-hmm. on an international task force for COVID-19 since it started, I all lo- because he was a kid. I love what you just said, though, that there's a there's a divine providence involved in all of this. And yes. wherever God has placed you, the people he's placed you with, we can learn so much from the students that are here right mm-hmm. now. Molly, our mm-hmm. staff, we're all here together, designed by God. You and I, mm-hmm. Kathy, are here at this moment. Yes. We're learning from each other. We're, yes. we're, my purpose becomes greater because of you. Isn't that amazing? It, it is. It's exhilarating. It is. And for me, like I, I could listen to you teach from Proverbs all day. I, I, would, I would love to read your book. I, I'm very impressed with what's That's going on That's what our here. relationship should always be like. Our relationships, when we're together, should always be giving us and inspiring us to greater yes. purposes, to yes. greater belonging. Yes. 
And because of that, then see, then we teach people who they really are, their identity, and now they can reject the lie. Well, my mom said, well, when did she tell you that? Well, 32 years ago. Mm. Okay, well, what did I just say? Who do you think is right? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want that to sound disrespectful to a mom, but mm-hmm. I know people who are listening to their grandmother and she'd been dead 17 years. <laughs> and I'm sorry, <laughs> that's <laughs> not appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I had a, I had a doctor um, come up to me in one of my sessions. I was speaking at a place in Long, on Long Island and um, he came up to me after everyone left and he goes, I, I know I'm saved. I'm an elder in the church, but I am as dead as you can possibly imagine. I have no fire in me and no passion in me for Christ whatsoever. Uh-huh. And he goes, and I don't even know where it went and how to get it back. I don't know what to do. Kathy, I didn't, all I kept telling him is like, you got to get into the word. Yeah. You got to, it's his God's love letter to you. You've got to be pray without ceasing. Just call in the name of the Lord and say, Lord, you've got to awaken this dead soul because I can't live like this. I hate this. That's all I could tell him. What would you have said to him? Well, first of all, that's excellent. I, I tend to be specific with scripture, be in the word. Sometimes if you're depressed, concerned, anxious, or new to the word, you don't have a clue where to go. Mm. So if we happen to know that there's a particular um, hero of the scripture, that would be a good role model for him. Mm. All right. Even David, for instance, who for a while had fallen away and then came back mm. or a whole book of the Bible or an attribute of God and go, go study that, that God is faithful to mm, us. And he good. has not mm. left you. And, and, and Google research that if you want to and look for, look for verses. Psalm 8411, Psalm 1611. Right. Thank you. you know, yeah. Ephesians 320. I mean, all right. of those are amazing verses. Right. You know, he's a so sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold yeah. from them who walk uprightly. Exactly. So that's what he needs to know. And he might not find those if the devil's got his heart. Ooh, he won't find those. The devil right? snatched out yeah. what was already sown in. Right. Oh, wow. So we provide the more specific input. That's good. Then we ask, you know, is the, you know, why are you telling me this? What did you pour out your heart to? me for? What is it that I could do for you? Mm. You know, do you want me to pray out loud with you to call and hold you accountable? And then if we know the person well enough, we help them see their identity and security that feeds their belonging and purpose. And what they need, Mark, is purpose. The leading cause of suicide is a lack of purpose. Why should I keep living when the days are dark and confusing? And so what's your purpose to love your spouse, to maybe learn a new skill, to figure out how to empty nest, to know God so well that you can't do anything but Love him with everything in you and tell others why you do. Right. God has given you a very unique ability to go beyond the normal conversation with people and give the kind of the bottom line. This is what you need to take away. You have arrived at a place in your your relationship with God. He's given you now the assignment that you can give people actual assignments that are gonna help help them. Thank you. I'm so grateful to him. It's amazing. I am so grateful. I started teaching the model that we're talking about when I was a professor at a secular university, and I was teaching it to guidance counselors and social workers, and I knew that there was something missing, <laughs> and the order was wrong. Mm-hmm. Order was wrong, and there was something missing. What was missing, of course, was Jesus. Mm-hmm. I went home and searched. I met with my pastor, and I said, I know there's something here that's healing and really, really important because people are so broken and so incomplete. Yeah. And I praise the Lord for his revealing to me and to David what was there. And we have been privileged as a ministry to develop it for, for such a time as this. I love passing it on. So thanks for letting me be here. So uh, let's tell people your website. We haven't, we're not finished yet, though. Well, what are we going to do next? Competence. Oh. <laughs> the pyramid is not over. 
See, you're, you are learning from me, or you would have known that. I want to give the website, but... I haven't had supper yet. <laughs> exactly. Me either. Um, it's going to be good. But should we talk about competence? Yeah, let's talk about okay. competence. So, no, I love the laughter. So, security, who can I trust? Identity, who am I? Belonging, who wants me? Purpose, why am I alive? All that leads to the culmination, which is competence, what do I do well? Not perfection, what do I do perfectly? Mm. That's an inappropriate goal. But competence is defined, Dr. Hamby, as an ability to do what I need to be able to do. We all can develop through scripture and presence of God the competence to glorify him, to become like Jesus, to make him known, to put him on display, to read the scripture, to worship with integrity and truth. We can develop the spiritual skills, if I can put it that way, as we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the Lord. The other competencies that we need are related to how we serve and what our careers are. You know, for you, and for we're leaders of ministries, we're both authors, uh, we're public speakers, we need a different skill set from somebody else. So when people come up to me and say, I want to do what you do, and I say, have you been called to do mm-hmm. what I same, do? Same thing here, yeah. Because you don't, you don't, you shouldn't be doing it if it's right. not your call. Right, right. And Show me later that it's your call. You know, if you're away um, for a month and you're still thinking of me and what I've taught, reach out to me. But you don't need my skills if this isn't your call. Right. If it is your call, then yeah, I'll mentor you. And, I'll, and if I'll it is their you. call, it'll happen rather naturally. They'll be doing yes. it already. Yes, that's a really good like, point. Like an evangelist. You know, there's a lot of people that want to go, they want to become missionaries on the field and they want to be evangelists. They get there and they don't even talk to anyone about Christ. No one saved them 30 yeah. years. Yeah. You know, and I, and I tell them, I'm like, if you were not evangelizing before you went exactly. on the mission field, you shouldn't be there. Exactly. You know, and evangelism yeah. should be like an everyday, you, you can't get enough of evangelism. You got to tell every person that you come in contact with. You're the bank teller and you're telling them yeah. about Christ. That that actually happened to me today. I was um, our um, our HVAC guy. He's been sick. And every time I try to share Christ with him, it's just not been easy. Mm. You know, he's just been resistant. He's a tough guy. And uh, but he's sick right now, you know. Ah, and so uh, more vulnerable. So I called him the other day and said, hey, we got the situation with our with our furnace. Can't turn it on. You know, can you can you come out and deal with it? And he wrote me back and says, "Hey, I, I'm I'm pretty sick. I can't deal with it." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Um, and then I texted him back, and I found today that I never sent the text. Oh no, but that's all right. So so I I just remembered and said to him today, I said, "You know, how are you doing?" And he wrote back and he goes, "Oh, are you contacting me about the furnace?" And I said, and I wrote back and said, "No, no. I'm contacting you to see how you're doing because oh, I, I know you're sick." And he was like, "Oh, I'm not doing not doing the greatest." And I wrote back and I said, hey, I'm praying for you, but maybe this is a time to call upon the name of the Lord so he can deliver you. And he didn't resist it. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. See, it was. Oh, that's that's purpose. You earned the right because you had belonging. Yeah. You knew enough about his identity. You knew he was lacking that security and you found the right opportunity to just plant that little seed. OK, let me go back. You ready for this? That's so cool. Yeah. You ready for this? This, <laughs> get, so. this gets intense. Several years ago. Um, he had done some work for me, and um, he gave me his bill, and I thought he charged me too much. Mm. It was inflated in a certain area, and I, I called him on it. And he looked at me and didn't say a word. He went and undid all his work and left. And I was like, whoa. And I went to talk to him, and he was just livid. You know, he's like, how dare you question my integrity? Wow. Okay. And um, and I and I thought I had and I was teaching Proverbs chapter one about about um, righteousness 
judgment and equity, and that there that a man of God has his wisdom, and he has the right to exercise moral judgment, legal judgment, and relational judgment. So I was really on this kick, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm exercising my moral and legal judgment <laughs> with this guy, right? He doesn't know doesn't know Jesus, and he reacts the only way a person probably would react, mm, right? This is his livelihood. But I don't have the maturity, I don't have the wisdom maturity at this point to really have the relational part of the judgment and, and, and righteousness part, the moral and legal. See, moral, legal, moral and legal judgments need to be, um, they need to be balanced out with the relational part. That makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. and so, so I... Uh, you know, I went to him and I and I thought I'm in the right. You know, this guy's just got a problem. He's just he's just too prideful. He's not able to take a hit, right? And uh, but that wasn't changing things. So this guy doesn't live that far away from us, and he he's the one that's he's my plumber. You know, and, mm. and I'm going to lose my good plumber. You know, but I'm thinking like this is not about losing a good plumber. This is about losing a friend that can be in the kingdom forever. Come on. And uh, so I, I went to him and and he's still not taking it right. Mm. And uh, I'm I'm still trying to I'm still defending myself a little bit. Until finally, I just went all out and said, "Like, hey, hey, listen, I didn't see. I, I can see the way you were thinking, and you weren't wrong in what you did. Mm-hmm. Um, you were. So he he was explaining to me, I've got to pay for my insurances. I've got to pay for my mileage. I've got to pay for all these other things. So I put things in the bill that pay for all those other things because I don't need to explain that to you. You know. Uh, and I and I said to him, I said, well, you know, in the future, maybe if you just did explain that and say that these are the miscellaneous charges. I'm right, fine with that. Right. That might help us in our relationship. And I said, but I really want you to know that I'm really sorry. I said, I, I overstepped my bounds and I, I'm, I'm very sorry. Mm. And so he said, he goes, that's, this is great. He says, that's all right. If you want me to work for you in the future, it's going to cost you more. Oh, of course. You know? Of course. And I thought, you stinker, you know? Uh, and, uh, and now I have to battle my own pride. Am I going to allow him to have the upper hand on me? Right. Okay. Or am I going to humble myself? Like you said, there's my real identity. Right. Am I going to humble myself and really show this guy that I really am genuinely sorry and I want to have a relationship with you? And I just took it on the took it on the chin and I and I kept hiring him, kept hiring him, kept hiring him. And I think we're back to where we were. That's so good. Yeah, and he's this is the same guy that I had a chance to say I'm praying uh, for you. Because see, you saw without knowing what you were seeing, you were acting on the reality that security, identity, belonging, and purpose are all connected. And you wanted all of them to be healthy. You didn't know that at the time, but this model, if people take us seriously, you can do a lot of problem solving and a lot of kind of personal, thoughtful reflection on how things are going, thinking this through. Where in this pyramid, if, if you will, did it break down? Competence is, again, like I said, rooted in purpose. It's also rooted certainly in identity. If I know that I'm an excellent writer as an identity, people say, mm, Kathy, you're an excellent writer. That's good. Then I get to competence and I can't question it. Here's something to think about. A lot of people know their purpose, glorifying God, putting him on display, becoming mm-hmm. like Jesus, loving people well. When you know your purpose, then you will seek the competencies that you need that's to be good. successful. Oh, that's so good. It's also possible that somebody out listening to us knows their competence. Mm. They know what they're good at. They've been told. They believe it. And now they need to go back down the model and find, okay, why did God give me that ability? Mm. What's my purpose? And who's my belonging? And, and Yeah, exactly. And the other thing to, to point out, that there's two things, two other things real quick, three, real quick. <laughs> competence is decision-making. I want to just affirm for people that that's when you good. look at the research, we feel most competent about ourselves when we have a decision to make, we seek godly counsel, 
We decide That's to good. make a decision and it turns out to be a good decision. We feel good. Awesome. We need to teach decision making. So good. Thank you to children and, and teens and young adults it, and older it comes, adults. It comes with knowledge first. A lot of dreamers out there yeah. and dreamers don't do anything. But a dreamer that turns into a visionary, <laughs> what happens is they're starting to gain the proper knowledge that they need to now have the proper understanding and discernment to make wise choices. Yes, yeah, so good. That's see, all four become this competence. So decision making is key. Now for children, things like thinking skills and study strategies are key. And I write about that and you can investigate that. But what I want to say to you, and you're going to love this, our most important competence is our character. Mm, wow, that's so good. <laughs> competence, what do I do well? That's so good. It's character because character takes you everywhere. Yeah. Uh, character is Christ in you, the Holy Spirit leading you. Mm. And it is what will allow you to be heard. The other thing I'll say is I wrap up my part, and then I'm open to whatever else you guys want to do. We've been talking about a pyramid, security, identity, belonging, purpose, and competence, triangle pyramid. Competence connects to security. I have people draw an arrow because here's the thing. When I develop more competence that I need in order to be who I've been called to be, I can trust myself. Mm -hmm. So I have more personal security, not instead of God. And Dr. Hamby, if you're the one that teaches competence to the students here and how to read scripture and love God Mm. and know the things that are right, when you're the one who teaches them how to be competent, they develop security in you. Whoa. And that's what you want. Whoa, that's so good. So if parents teach children how to be Children will trust them. I feel like a little kid in a candy store. Oh, you're so it's kind. so beautiful. It's, it's so, this is. It's a lot. A, I hope it's clear. This is a, well. I have a question oh, after you, you're finished. No, go right ahead, Miss Molly. Well, so a little bit ago you were saying, Dr. Kathy, and you were talking about competence. You said people ask a lot of questions. What kind of questions are they asking? Like, how can I become competent in this area? Or... They ask why it's not perfection. Sometimes perfection is easier than competence. Perfection I can arrive at if I'm looking for, if I'm trying to do something I'm really capable of doing. But competence is nebulous. Competence is growing constantly and Mm -hmm. maybe changing constantly as our purpose changes. So I'm sometimes asked about that. Um, What can I trust to put my competence in? How do I get better at something? I'm asked a lot about, you know, I don't know how to, how to worship with integrity and truth. How can I learn to do that? Mm. Or Dr. Kathy, you know, you say that it's in the Bible that we're supposed to glorify God and, you know, make him known. And I just don't know if I'm good at that. How can I get better at that? Mm. Really honest questions. That's why I love teaching people how to change mm. from a this to a that. Um, it's, it's essential. What, what if, um, so we have a lot of art students here. They're, um, they're mm. really skilled in yes. oil paintings and watercolors, et cetera. How would they develop a competence? Would that be part of their competence? Sure. Their competence to um, create beautiful art. I would say they're most competent when they are open to correction and open to trying a new um, material, Mm -hmm. a a new, they've never, you know, painted a fruit basket before Mm -hmm. or whatever. That's probably a classic first thing you paint. But, um, and then I would say, Dr. Hamby, to develop competencies beyond that as well. You know, we're multi-talented, multifaceted, created for such a time as this, and generalists will actually make a huge difference in our culture because the culture is changing so fast. What do you mean a generalist? If you know a lot of things about a lot of things. they know. So our students do know a yes. lot of things. About, so yes. how would they develop competence even as they're a generalist? Um, to have a mentor. To read the right books, to Ooh, listen to the right okay, that TED was Talks. Ama- that was an amazing statement right there. Uh, Molly, 
I was thinking of this this morning. I woke up this morning. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Wow. One of the things I do best is telling people what books they should read. Yes, you do. You know? But that's what's not happening in people's lives. They're not reading. Readers are leaders. Leaders are readers. We've got to get people the books to read. Absolutely. And it's one of the things I respect about you and Lamplighter, for sure. So I, I recommend books all the time on you know social media. And people ask me, a lot of young people ask me, what's the best book you've read lately? Mm-hmm. We need to be open to those questions to be able to answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think to say, this is why I've decided it's a good book. Like if they don't have discernment, like if you're a homeschooled kid, there's nothing in your house you're not allowed to watch or read. Your parents have done all the discernment for you. Mm-hmm. So mm. how do you learn to discern mm, that's good. what's healthy, unhealthy, what's biblical, not biblical? Well, you know the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, again, if you know the truth and the majority of the big lessons of Scripture, right. if you will, then you can look at something and realize this is probably not of the Lord. And I think, I I think it comes down to the fear of the Lord is to hate what God hates, yes. love what God loves. Love and so if you gain a healthy worldview with what does God hate? God hates violence. God hates divorce. That's in the scriptures. Right. Um, God hates murder. God hates mm-hmm. taking his name in vain. Yes. And so right there eliminates, guess what? Cool. 99.999% of all movies. Yes. Of all, of all video games. Mm. And so we gain a worldview that's based on mm. what does God love and what does God hate. And that that now helps a child to become self-disciplined to develop his own convictions and discernment. So now I'm secure because I know what I'm supposed to be rejecting and receiving. Yeah. My identity is rocked by that. Purity. There you go. Confidence. There you go. Etc. I will want healthy belonging. I will know who to reject, who is not good for me. So discernment continues on. My purpose is made clear by the conversations I've had, the books I've read, the mentors yep. mm-hmm. I've had, and simply the scripture, even if it is only, quote unquote, glorify God. But that's the biggest one. And then competence, yeah, through those veins. No, that's exactly right. And, and when we do that, as we develop those convictions, those those virtues, then God opens new doors with new people, with new opportunities, right. new right. books. Yeah. Uh, Kathy, my whole life, every time there's been a new need in my life or God wanted me to grow to the next level, the book was always there or the person was always there. That's such a good point. Molly, you've probably had the same thing happen. Yeah, he, for sure. God knows who we are yeah, and knows yeah. where we're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and he will. So why do we reject that? That's awesome. Quickly, there are students here and students elsewhere. This is not just about your program, who are very skilled and they stay there. Hmm. I'm really, I really want them to advance beyond that in case that that thing doesn't work out for them then they have nothing to fall back on. I, I'm not advocating a fallback plan in the, in the way that like you don't trust God or you would choose to be lazy, but I hope this is coming across right mm-hmm. to, to make sure that you have more than one attribute of yourself that you can put on display, if mm-hmm. you will, more than one passion. Mm-hmm. I think there's a benefit to that. Mm-hmm. You know, what if you fall in love with somebody who hates art and all you know is art? Oh, <laughs> that would be rough. That would be very difficult, yeah. but I've seen that happen. So Today, um, I was just like, an hour ago, I walked through the kitchen, and after you had that talk with me about, you know, the self-smart kids need mm-hmm. peace and quiet and safety and time, which is, I'm I'm now detrimental to all their health. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because there isn't. I did not tell you that. There isn't any of those things here at Lamplighter. You sat me down and told me this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like wearing something around my neck, like danger, danger. <laughs> I am da- I'm dangerous to self-smart people. Oh you know, and just for the people that are listening, self, a self-smart person 
needs time and room and space and to privacy, think, privacy to think things through. Mm-hmm. And here at Lamplighter, the Masters Guild Collegiate Program, there's none of that. I mean, we are <laughs> like on a on a mission. We're spontaneous. <laughs> we're going somewhere, but it's very helpful because I I do need to, you know, consider. And, and in fact, the other day, I don't know if you know this, but the other day, what did I do? I said, and it was because of your teaching. I said, hey, guys, we're going to sit here, you know, in the cafe area. We're going to listen to Dr. Kathy Reed. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there's no class. Right. You know, I did see you do it, that. It was because of what mm-hmm. you've been saying here. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm going through the kitchen and, and there's six kids in there. OK, they're cooking. And I said, okay, who's self-smart? And four of the six raised their hands. I'm going, is this going to be a good dinner? You know? <laughs> Do you guys have to think through what you're going to be cooking? You know, is this going to be late? You know, And I, I looked at one of them and I said, I'm so sorry that you're in this program and there's not a lot of time and space and security and, you know, to think things through the way you do. And she looked at me and she goes, no. She goes, that's the reason I'm here. Yeah. She wow. goes, I don't want to stay where I am. That... It, well, I'm boy, I'm proud of her. Yeah, that's, me too. That's really profound. It was Lily. Oh, that that's really beautiful. She's she's a gem. Yeah. And I think that's what I was just saying too. You know, let's let's know who we are and let's be confident and and rest mm-hmm. in that at the same time that we're open for something better. We I, I love to tell people, you know, Jesus took our sin upon His life for us that mm-hmm. we would have an abundant life. Mm, amen. Not just a life. Yeah, abundant life. An abundant life. And yeah. Dr. Hamby, there's so many people who don't have abundance uh, because they've limited yeah. their mm. everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, it's sad. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Yeah. Wow. That's what he really wants for us. Yes. He, we are, And we are sons and daughters of a king. Yes. You know? I tell people back to purpose. I sometimes word it, and I hope this comes across right, I don't want to let God down. Me either. You know, Jesus sacrificed for me. I want to become who God intended for me to be. Amen. When he chose in his love to make me me. Oh, isn't that beautiful? You want to let God down? No. No, not a bit. I no, don't look, like... at, look at your face. I and love it. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> mean surreal. we have to be perfect because God is a God of truth, mercy, and grace and second chances, right? Yeah, yeah. Molly, that was. I just love the look on your face. It was so genuine. Like, it was. No. <laughs> okay. Like, why are you asking me that? Yeah. <laughs> last, yeah. qu- last question. You ready, Molly? No. <laughs> Does he do this to you every time? A lot. <laughs> yeah. Competence. Uh-huh. Where do you think where do you think your competence lies? Um That's a hard one. No, it's not at all. I mean Can I, you want me to tell you what I think it is? Or do you want to try? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean I love God and I feel like I mess up a lot. And so God is pretty consistent through it to bring energy and competence. He, it's kind of like all from him. But So now I, I, I must be understanding competence differently than you're telling it, Dr. Kathy. Mm. Um, I, I'm hearing something different. I, so competence for me are, are my, is my skill set, things that I continue to grow in and, and become more skilled in. For example, here I am leading Lamplighter Ministries for the last 35 years. And I got to a point where, you know, I'm speaking all over the country and I'm looking at the ministry and we went through like three years of standstill. We mm-hmm. did not grow. Okay. We stood still, keep publishing books and we weren't doing audio dramas at that time. Um, we didn't have a radio broadcast at that time. We didn't have a college program at that time. None of those things existed. And I, and I thought I'm, I'm, I've reached 
a saturation point, I'm not, I'm not growing where I need to grow anymore. And the only way that I grow is to have someone over me that has given me assignments that mm-hmm. are due at a certain time. Otherwise, I'm not going to do it. I think, I'm, I think I have a lazy bone in my body as far as like stretching myself to, to really advance. In, uh, and I, so I hadn't become a lifelong learner yet. Mm. I was in the process of it. But the only thing book I really loved reading was the Bible. Yeah. So I enrolled in a doctoral. So I had already pushed myself with three master's degrees. Now, now I am in a place in Lampeter's history where I need to go and work on a doctoral program. And I do it in, guess what? Executive leadership for nonprofit organizations, mm, right. because that's where I'm lacking. How right. do I lead this organization? Mm. It was revolutionary. I wish I would have that program, right? Mm. Revolutionary. It allowed me to come up with a 20-year vision for the ministry. And then my professor was the president of the seminary. He's teaching the class. He says, I want you guys to write out your mission. So I write it out. Guess how many pages? It's supposed to be about three sentences long. 25 pages. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, let's knock this down to 10 pages. Okay, okay, okay did it. And then he, I handed it into him. He goes, that's really good. Now, dock it, now knock it down to one page. Yeah. yeah he said, this so is hard. really good. He says, now knock it down to one paragraph. He says, that's really good. He says, now I want one sentence. Yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's a good professor to take you through it that way. Yeah, isn't, it was amazing. Isn't the sentence the one that you and Dr. Kathy were talking about earlier? It's making ready a people prepared for the Lord. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. And now we add to it by inspiring others to know God intimately, proclaim him passionately, and enjoy him infinitely. So it all yeah. came together. I No, I think that's so good. Let me let me say this, Dr. Hammy. It is skill set. Competence is skill set. Okay, that's what I want to get back it to. It is it's skill set. You asked Molly, where does her confidence come from? The answer is God. Oh, okay. God's okay. word, God's presence, God's purpose for you, mm-hmm. God's truth, God's correction. God will inspire us. God will introduce us to the right people who give us the aha mm-hmm. that maybe this mm-hmm. is what I need to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So there really is the, the word of God, the person of God, the Holy Spirit who teaches and convicts mm-hmm. and guides. That's really for the believer where mm-hmm. competence really must mm-hmm. come from. Mm-hmm. And he'll reveal. And then we do work on our skills. We work with mentors and books and teaching and mm-hmm. classes and that's essential. Like I said, it's decision making. It's character. You know, from for you and I learned how to write. I know how to speak. I yeah. You you learn mm-hmm. why? Because if you don't have competence, your purpose will wash away. Right. Yeah. So interesting. I'm not a good writer. I write all the time. Okay. And some of my papers, some of the, my my devotional things are amazing. But you want to know why they're amazing? At first. I'll write something and I'll think like, this is the best thing that's ever been written on this subject. <laughs> and then I'll give it to my wife, Debbie, who is our chief editor here at Lamplighter, and it will come back completely changed. Yeah. But when I read it, I say, you didn't change anything. <laughs> oh. It's exactly what was in my mind, uh-huh. but I couldn't write it down couldn't on paper. Couldn't put it out, yeah. Yeah, yeah and so she changes it. So every time I give her something, I'm like, don't change this. This is perfection. <laughs> I get it back and it's completely changed. And then Molly... So Molly's skill set, Molly's competence in these areas are pretty amazing. She's a writer, but she's a, she's a unique kind of writer. Huh. Molly is able to take and correct things and make them better than what they were originally. That's a, yeah, that is fabulous. Um, she's able to, and this is, this is even more important, Molly's able to bring continuity into things. She, see, I, my mind doesn't work in continuity. Okay. My, my, my mind works in beautiful patterns chunks chunks yeah all over the place and i don't connect the dots and molly connects the dots i had a paper that i was writing to someone today and um it was uh, it was uh, written to a political figure in the area 
that um, has um, not been real favorable to us, you know, and mm-hmm. I just kind of like let it, laid it on the line. And, and I just sent it to Sarah to send it out. But I, I just kind of like CC'd Molly just in case she saw it. Because I, I knew that if she saw it, she's not going to let me get away with it, you know? Because there was a sentence in there that was kind of a, Molly, you explain what the sentence was like. Um, it came across a little aggressive. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, yes, that's what I wanted it to be like. But and, did you find a way to say it, but without the aggressive tone? That's, I mean, that's a beautiful thing that he could affirm you in a specific way. See, that's, yeah. that's how you change somebody's identity. Mm. That's how you create security. That's how your belonging becomes firm. Mm. That's how purpose is revealed. When we take the time to be specific, mm. such a good way to love people. And, and she's, mm. which surprises me, I didn't know this until this year, she's also technologically, she's a technician. She's able to find how things work. She's she's oh. able to. Well, it's interesting you say that. Technology and I have a hard relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but one thing I love to do that's wired into me is I love to solve problems. Yeah, she's a problem okay. solver. So I think that's something, you know, because I love doing that, I pursue that a lot. And so I think that could be tied up into competence. I'm terrible at math, no, but is. I love to no, solve problems. Is. Sure, sure. Um, so I think that's probably what you're talking about with writing, because I'll do that and I'll, I'll see things and I'll just fix them. I don't know. Well, we, we had a finance issue yesterday and they needed a password. And they're like spending like days and days on trying to find this thing. And I'm like, okay, Molly, find the password. You know, oh, sweet. She's, she's just she's good at stuff yeah. like that. It's, it's, that's her competence. It's, it's logic smart. Yeah, it is your competence. And it's specific. And it's, oh, we have, how many do we have? I mean, how many competencies do you think we each have? Oh. Mm. God is so generous. Amazing. We have to turn to the scripture mm. and believe what the scripture says. And could I say something near and dear to my heart? Mm-hmm. Philippians 4.13. Mm. I can do all things, all things through Christ, Christ who strengthens, strengthens me. me. Mm. What's it say? I can... Do. do. It doesn't say I can be all things. Mm. It's a very important lesson cool. in identity, purpose, and competence. I could, I'm one. I could not have been a jockey on a horse. Mm-hmm. I could have prayed every night, Father God, make me short. I could have been, I'm five seven. I could have been a jockey on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> what if you would have prayed every night, Father God, make me a star in the NBA? And then you wake up every Wait. day angry at God because you're not tall. I wanted to be. Well, you know what I mean, though. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, we have to be realistic with yeah. what the possibilities are. Mm, and we mean. have to know the scripture is true. You can't be all things. Hmm. You, you can only be who God's created you to be. You know, okay, we'll not do this this time, but we need to talk at some point in the future about parents that are trying to live their lives through their children. Oh, we can. We can talk about that. Yeah, we can that's... also talk about parents who say, you can be whatever you want. Oh, okay, for next time. Molly, Dr. Kathy, this has been amazing, amazing. Mm-hmm. So much truth shared here. Um, let's, quote, let's end mm-hmm. on sharing just one scripture that comes to your mind right now, anything that God lays on your heart at this moment. Isaiah 66, verse 2 says that God esteems the man or woman who is humble, who is contrite in spirit, and who trembles at his word. Mm. And that's who I want to be. That is so beautiful. Dr. Kathy, thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) I've loved it. (laughs) We're looking forward to next time. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, 
visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit lamplighter.net slash podcast and fill out the form. That's lamplighter.net slash podcast.